That's a new setup. You got a because apparently guard. I fiddle with my. Uh, it's not a slobber guard. <laughs> it's because I fiddle with my headphones too much. They do make a lot of noise. <laughs> but listen to this. Okay, that's terrible. <laughs> that's what happens when I drop my phone. Listen to that. <laughs> What's that? Are you doing that's, that? That's me on the. That's me when I touch <laughs> things on the table. <laughs> that's loud too. I know. <laughs> Sounds like a bass drum. <laughs> but any okay. Ready. Yeah. Welcome to My Racist Friend, a podcast about the messy parts of relationships that help us grow together. I'm Amy McKees. And I'm Don Griffin. And I'm wanting to know, did you take a really deep breath before you start? Did you do that all in one breath? I think so. You just took a really deep breath like you were getting ready to go swim. Well, I was trying to not sound spazzy. Huh. So I was trying to like... Were you Bring successful? the show uh with when i'm feeling so good right now you're feeling good that's awesome aren't you feeling good no i'm working on it oh my god i'm working on it i'm working on it i think there's something to that it takes a while to stop reacting as though you're in danger even once you're not and i don't want to be the joy sucker let's just be happy no, it's okay to be a joy sucker. I mean, we of all people know how far we have to go when you're dealing with who I am, that's my color, uh-huh. our children, mm-hmm. right? We mm-hmm. know how far and how dangerous this world really is. Even not just even a a, a worldly view. I mean, I think what's what's scary about this last four years is not it wasn't even the fear of like there's a jungle out there somewhere. No, yeah. the jungle was actually in our own backyard. Mm-hmm. We were living in the jungle. We yeah. were living in the jungle, and we now know that we our, our rose glasses are completely off, and we now know that we are living in that job you know i think we all knew but now i don't know that we all knew and i i knew i knew i knew yeah you knew but but no i guess i didn't because i didn't know that if we're if we're still on this jungle analogy i thought some of the bunny rabbits that i saw i thought those were bunny rabbits but they really were lions (laughs) and tigers (laughs) lights right and still on facebook i'm seeing crazy talk right like when i reflect back on memes about Michelle Obama, the mean memes, it shouldn't be surprising. When people call for unity and love, what does that mean? Yeah. In the last couple years, I have worked on expanding my understanding of love. Mm -hmm. 
And part of this comes from like taking off my rose colored glasses, which I didn't even know I had on and still wanting to live as someone who loves a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, if you knew that your kid was about to do something really dangerous and life-threatening, your love for your kid would make you stop, stop your kid from doing that. Okay. Like love can be a fierce resistance. Yes. Yes. I think I know what you're saying. Cause that's how I, you know, I won that uh, Martin Luther King legacy award a couple of years back. And I remember, I mean, that was great. And I, I'm I very appreciated. I mean, I appreciated it, but I love you, but I'm not the, Hey, I'm going to turn the other cheek type of dude. You know what I mean? There's a song uh -huh. out called try me. What is it called? Like, don't you know what song I'm talking about where he's no. like, uh, he's like, uh, don't, you know, don't try me. Cause I'll put hands on you. You know, it's like, try Jesus. Don't try me because I'll put hands on you. It's hilarious. <laughs> you know, when someone would say something, I would call them out either mm -hmm. on Facebook or whatever. And, yeah. and then they come back and say, well, that's not very king-like of you, or that's not very Christian oh, of really? you. And I'm like, oh, Lord. Uh, no. If that's what you're looking for, that's not what you're getting from me. I'm not the non-aggressive Black person. I mean, I'm but not what, aggressive, don't get me wrong, but you understand what I'm saying. Isn't our understand like that sort of uh, whitewashed understanding of king? It's bullshit, Yes pretend anyway and yeah. i would argue that that's pretend about jesus too oh god yes but they these people they changed the narrative mm -hmm. to make jesus all of a sudden this american pro-american pro-gun pro, -American, pro, -gun, pro <laughs> <laughs> you, you, i mean the gall of them they hijacked christianity to a place where i don't even feel like being a christian anymore that's yeah. bad I've identified as a Christian yeah, my entire yeah. life and I go to church and I, uh -huh. and it's, it's the instruction booklet that I use to treat. You understand what I'm saying? I, you need mm -hmm. it. I think everybody needs an instruction booklet mm -hmm. on how to treat people and whether, yeah. or not, <laughs> whether or not that's Buddhism, whether or not that's uh, you're a Muslim, you're a Christian. <laughs> Kevin <laughs> says his is from Ikea. <laughs> Oh my God, we got off the rails, but not too much, <laughs> not too no. much, really. There are things to be joyous about today. Like, yeah, it's unlikely that our country in the name of our country is going to do something terrifically racist, right? Like make a Muslim ban. Oh my God. I, 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 I okay, Amy, you know what? Huh? I, I'm here. <laughs> Of course, you are. I, I I had renewed faith in what it meant to be an American yesterday. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what I was tearing up as I was seeing the transfer of power and thinking, "Wow, this just doesn't happen." Like the rest of the world is watching this. I think they're probably confused. Like, wow, it this. <laughs> One is getting on a plane while the other one is getting into the presidential limousine for the first time. And the way it works and it has to work, it was kind of beautiful, you know? Yes. And then just saying, 
this type, this America that was showcased yesterday and last night was the America that it was showing the diversity that we are. And, and that was phenomenal. If yeah. we can actually live that. I've been rereading the poem this morning from it. She was amazing, wasn't she? Yeah, she really was. And it's interesting because when I listened to it yesterday, I was sort of like, yeah, that's pretty good. Which I know makes me a weirdo because I know everybody else was immediately like, that was amazing. But when I read it this morning, and I think I do better reading things than listening mm-hmm. because I, I don't, I don't, uh, it takes a special muscle to listen. And I sort of reserve that for when I'm working because I really have to listen when I'm working. <laughs> oh, okay. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> yeah. And so, and in fact, to really listen, what I've discovered if, if, if I'm not in the same room as somebody to really listen, I have to sort of take notes so that I can keep my mind in keep, if I'm jotting things down, it keeps my mind engaged. Amanda Gorman, right? Yeah. When I was reading it this morning, what I was wondering is who is we in this and what is it calling us to do? And that's what made me return to thinking about love as just action. I don't mean only action. I mean like justice and justice action. Okay. Because I still have a lot of concerns about the people that stormed the Capitol. And I don't think it was an anomaly. And I don't think those are, I think there are a lot of people who think that they were doing the right thing. Yeah. A lot of them. So QAnon, they had told all their people that by 12 noon, Trump would take over that all this wouldn't happen and everyone would be put in jail. All these other, all these people that they've been talking about would be put, Biden, all of them would be put in jail. Mm-hmm. Tom Hanks, <laughs> I mean, they, <laughs> they had this, uh, which I just thought it was ironic that Tom Hanks led the whole the, the, the thing last night, right? <laughs> I was like, I know their, their minds are about ready to explode right now. It's only Tom Hanks because Mr. Rogers is dead. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Thank really thought that all this was going to happen. And when it didn't, mm-hmm. a lot of them were like, oh my God, it's all been a lie. It's all been a lie. It was a cult. It sounded like, you know, like it was like a doomsday cult. It still mm-hmm. is. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not sure that it's gone. And I think it's- there's lots of people that think, they might think that it's rude to be so violent but they also think that the election was stolen. If you're talking about folks who believe in the Bible, everything literally in the Bible, violence happened a lot in the Bible in the name of God. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? I mean, crazy shit happens in the Bible. You know, people are told to kill their sons because God said so, just as a kind of as a joke. Ha ha, I was just teasing. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, it, it, you understand what I'm saying. I'm just uh, kidding. Just, just, no, I, I changed my mind. I just wanted to see if you wanted, to, if you were going to do it or not. So if you can, if, if they can believe that they're doing things in the name of saving children and in the name of God, mm. the, the violence makes sense. Actually, I remember getting really stuck in this in 2017. Like when I would try to make sense of what I was seeing, 
I'm not both sides in this. I think one side has a lot more truth in it than the other. But the rage that was on both sides, and I would sit with it and think, I don't see a way out except for a horrible civil war. We, Either we, we think we can work together or we can't. If we listen to some of our old things, remember I, I uh -huh. said it could not, yeah. it's going to end badly, there's going to be a war. And so when they when they attacked the Capitol, instead of attacking African-Americans and people of color like I thought they would. The idea that they went after Mike Pence is really interesting to it's me. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Like, he's their man. Not anymore. You know, he touched down in Columbus last yesterday. Indiana? He had to come back. Where do you think he's going? <laughs> he, he's back. He's 40 miles from us right now. He had to come back to Columbia, and I just thought, man. Who's going to be friends with him? Like, who's going to be friends with him? <laughs> right? Oh, my God. He might have to move to Bloomington. <laughs> <laughs> There's no place safe for Mike Pence in Indiana. That's really funny. Yeah, I hadn't true. thought of that. I hadn't even thought of him coming back. I just think I of mean, him as establishment. I mean, the liberals hate him too, but we don't carry guns. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of us, right? <laughs> well, uh, I guess, yes, that's true. Not all of us. You say, but no, mom, I don't carry a gun there. <laughs> but my, I do carry a gun, folks. <laughs> I don't carry a gun, but I have guns. How's that sound? You know where to find it. Yes, I do. <laughs> that sounds really bad. <laughs> Let's get it straight. I don't use it for personal protection. I never carry it in my car. I, I, I go to a, a gun range and shoot targets, which is kind of fun. I, I really enjoyed the, you know, Nintendo games where I... Right shot things is that not fun that's fun that's like what shooting the little about. target that's fun yes yeah yeah but shooting a part shooting any person or i couldn't see that shooting uh shooting even an animal i couldn't see that i don't yeah well anyway. we've been vegetarian for a million years so yeah well so you can shoot oh you could shoot uh plants <laughs> You really, is there a gourd that's just really ugly that you just can't stand anymore? <laughs> Put that thing out of its misery. Oh. Shoot some pumpkins. I like that. It'd be like uh, that guy. What guy? The comedian that smashed watermelons. Oh, my God. Was that Gallagher? Yeah. Okay, so I, I have something to talk about. Okay, good. That is not actually the inauguration. It's just a little pet peeve of mine. Okay. Have you heard this ad on, do you listen to NPR or are you listening to? Yeah, I, I listen to, uh, what is it, 101.9? Oh, I don't know. There's what, two. Uh, you didn't know that? Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I do. I do. Yes. I know what you're talking okay. about. Okay. I'm on there all the time. Go. Okay, go Okay. Ahead. So have you heard the ad for the new podcast, Man no. Listening? No, <laughs> that sounds weird. So I've, I've gotten stuck in this like loop about it because the ads for it just enrage me. Like they just, it's this guy, this older white straight dude saying, I never listened to women 
I didn't think it was important to listen to women. And even my woman therapist told me I should listen to women. And my wife said I should listen to women. So now I have a podcast that NPR is clearly sponsoring in some no way. way. I don't know. It maybe maybe he pays them to say this. No, he can't. It's an ad for his podcast called Man Listening. And he's like, now I know I'm supposed to listen to women. So I listen to them. And all I can think is that some guy has taken a lifetime of like the kind of subtle misogyny that you don't realize you have. I, I will accept that, that he didn't realize how awful he was. But he's taken it and then made it into a second career. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. He's making money off, off of listening to women. It's terrible. Like, like, can you imagine? Like, but then, okay, so I and I'm I laugh at it and I make fun of it, and I can't even remember all the things I was thinking about it because now I'm too tired. But then I thought, what if that's what I'm doing? Listening to me? Yeah. You're black listening? Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I think I already... <laughs> white, white listening. White says. listening. <laughs> I, I, Which to I, an extent is sort of, it's sort of true. A little bit. I don't know. I think we ha kind of have an agreement that I'm getting, I'm listening to you more than I listen. You see what I'm getting at? <laughs> Are you manless? You're man listening. I'm man I'm listening, listening to you and you're white listening to you. <laughs> and you've got experiences, right? That, 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 uh, that I'm learning about, right? I'm still the LGBTQ. See, I don't even know all the letters that I'm supposed to, you know, right? So I'm learning from that. I'm also learning about, uh, uh, about listening to both sides i've come a long way that, from there so we we i think we're learning together and we're also trying to set an example for other people i i assume what? that that's what he believes he is doing as well and maybe it would turn out that i would be best friends with him i don't know i think it's weird it reminds me of the the wife goes and and the, the, the guy has to watch the kid. And so he goes to the store or whatever. And everybody is thinking he's just so, he's like, they're like, oh, he's watching the kid. He's amazing. Isn't Look yes. at him do this. Like, like wow. Yes. They're like, is, are you kidding me? <laughs> the woman goes, she works all day. She, she, uh, she comes and takes care of the man and the kid doesn't get any credit for that. But yet the dude, <laughs> I, I could take Dexter around and man, I would be the man. I'd be like, you yeah, would. I, got I got him. I'm like, yeah, I go to this. I'm getting free <laughs> coffee at Starbucks or whatever. I'm just, <laughs> oh man. I was like, come on kid. <laughs> like I knew it too. Yeah, right? I would... and he's a he's the easiest thing ever. He's the easiest accessory. I'd get him off. We'd be I'd dress him up like me. It's like, man, let's do this. Yeah, when our oldest was like almost five, 
and still in preschool, I took our middle kiddo who was a baby to Germany for a wedding. And so I was gone for like 10 days and like people brought Kevin food. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so funny, Kevin. (laughs) I was like, like Kevin traveled a lot at that, at different points, you know, and it, not not as much as some of my friends' partners, but at no point did were people like, hey, let us bring you food because he's gone. Yeah. I think they assumed I could handle it. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh. oh, God, I love being a man. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> It's okay to love who you are. It's okay for me to love that I'm black. Yep. I think it's okay. It, it, you should love that you're a woman and never want to be I a do. man. I right? do. I know I do. I know you do. I don't. Right? I don't. Because I know I would wind up being the man listening guy if I were a man. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably why it pisses me off so much. But I, I like the idea that if I were in a traffic jam, I could just pull out a Gatorade bottle. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to choke. <laughs> this episode of My Racist Friend is brought to you by Gatorade. <laughs> Poor Kevin. Oh, my gosh. Don't edit that, Kevin. <laughs> And actually, as I'm thinking about our introduction, and I also have like on half of my screen is the poem from yesterday. Okay. And and really, the poem gets to the stuff that we're trying to say in the introduction. Are we going to do the whole poem? Because it was pretty long. No, I'm not going to read the whole poem. People can go listen to it on their own. It's super (laughs) easy to find. Okay. I love it, but I heard it a couple of times already. Yeah, no, we're not we're not going to listen to the whole thing, but but. I think that this poem, part of what she's talking about is how messy we are right now. Yeah. You know, she's talking about, you know, she does some wordplay that I really enjoy in a way that to me sort of says, our journey is messy. Yeah. And it's never going to be done. Our journeys are messy. Yeah. And she pushes against sort of the simplistic version of unity that that is the version of unity that scares me. Like, oh, we can all just get along. It's more, uh, we have to stand up for what's right. Mm-hmm. And particularly the part where she was talking about pride, which made me think of, you know, like lions, but but that our relationship to America is something other than an inherited pride, which I think is sort of what we get when we're little. Like I, and I think you and me, like, and Kevin too, like our age, mm-hmm. we got the bicentennial as part of our childhood. Do you remember that? You too young? I was six. So I do remember it slightly. I remember the red, white, and blue everywhere. I remember it. Yeah. And I, I do too. And I remember like being so enamored with you know the red white and blue and being like oh we're amazing i live in the best country in the world and i'm you know part of the best citizenship and like all of this really simplistic pride and patriotism like i remember at one point 
I think a little bit older, but wondering, knowing that I had been told at some point in school that nationalism was good because they were talking about like pride in the United States and then wondering why it was bad for other countries to be nationalist hmm. and like trying to make sense of that. But I, I like the idea that it's that part of our identity is the past and the things that we've done and that we have to be able to, to step into that and to really be open to it and see it in order to fix it in order to have progress. You know, I think this is a situation where we, well, we're, we're, we were different ages really because mm -hmm. you were two years older than me then. But also I think it's a situation where we probably were living where, where our lives were, were, even though we were living in the same place, our lives were completely different. Yeah. Do you know? Like nationalism, I don't think was. It could be my weird understanding of it as a kid too. Like, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't think so. I think it was everywhere. But I also think, you know, all I can think about in, when I was six is going to that birthday party and um and then the kids not uh not wanting to um to touch me because they said that they would turn black i i really didn't even know i was black you know it was never really brought up yeah i mean i guess even when my parents were talking about being black i it's funny i never they never said you're black too it was really <laughs> weird and you know, you being five or six years old, you're, yeah. I'm looking at my complexion and I was actually a lot lighter than I am now. And I, my, my head hair was red. I didn't think I was black. I didn't, no one had ever said that until I went to this party and the kids wouldn't, they didn't want me to touch them. They, they didn't want me to, because if, if, if I, they, if I touched them, they would turn black too. Mm. It was so weird. And then I It's I sad. Remember, it's awful. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't mean to get become a Debbie Downer. I just was thinking about what hat what was going on, why mm -hmm. I wasn't paying attention. I was dealing with the fact that I that I was different than everybody else. All the kids that I knew at that time, all the kids in my neighborhood, all of a sudden, all the kids in my class, all of a sudden I was not like them. That's yeah. what I was going through. And probably trying to r figure out how to ride a bike without training wheels. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? There's different things, you know, mm -hmm. at five and six years old, you're, 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 there's yep. things that you're dealing with. So you're, you're at eight. So you're not worried about having to ride your bike. Yeah. Seven and yeah. seven and eight. Yeah. And then you're also not worried about whether or not you're different than everybody else. I definitely was not. Yeah. So it was, that was. It's not something every kid has to go through. Yeah. Yeah. I think like that was the age that we were moving into the house that was part of the Underground Railroad. The steer. What? Yeah. The steer. And you were you were moving into the mansion. It, it, it was not a mansion. Yes. It's um, called the steer mansion. It's not called the steer mansion. It's called a house. But Amy, we I didn't have a shower until I was 14. It doesn't matter. In one bathtub. <laughs> but it did, no, it, it was lovely. But I'm saying, like, as I moved in there, I remember thinking that white people in the South were bad. 
before the Civil War. And white people who weren't in the South were good. That's why I was moving into a house that was part of the Underground Railroad. Like, that's how my little kid mind made sense of it. That's how it should have been, right? I mean, I'm, I'm teasing you a little bit about, about you living in the Steer Mansion, but you shouldn't be ashamed of that because that is really cool. It was cool. That's what I'm saying. It's cool. So I'm saying we should never be ashamed of the positive things that were going on just because it wasn't happening to other people doesn't right, mean no. it wasn't a good thing <gasps> what i just realized i dreamed about that house last night oh really yeah i dreamed okay. that we were walking up the street to it and there was a boy that was a year older than me and we played probably daily and they were there and i was like oh you still live here and they were like, we haven't seen you in so long. And they moved in for a hug and they weren't wearing masks. And I was like, it's COVID, it's COVID, go. Like, <laughs> oh, it turned God. right into a COVID stress treatment. Oh, that is so. <laughs> no, man, that's your story, man. You got to understand that's that's a really cool thing that your parents took that thing and did what they did with it. And and I got to go to a party there. That was fun. I, I That was there. fun. <laughs> I went, that you know what I mean? You, you, it's, it's cool, man. Don't, this isn't don't. interesting to anybody. Well, anyway, I didn't mean to get off subject, though, because we were talking about 1776. Yeah, we were talking about the bicentennial and the, like, super patriotism that went with it. And it's interesting now that I look back, because did adults have that same sort of simplistic understanding of it that I did as a kid? Because that was right after Vietnam and after... Right after Nixon, right? So here's the thing. Yesterday, I felt patriotic. Today, I'm proud to be an American. Maybe patriotism isn't a bad thing. I don't know. It, it's when it's inclusive like that, where it includes everyone else. You know, I felt included. The other kind of patriotism, I, where, where it's completely whitewashed and no one talks about anybody else that was that that may be something that i wasn't uh, excited about you know i'm saying this off the top of my head having heard it at a conference like four years ago so i'm adding that caveat that the research has likely changed but for a while everybody was saying oxytocin is like the miracle hormone like when you get that chemical in your brain you love everyone it's released when you have sex, it's released when you hold your baby. It's like all these different beautiful things that happen that release it. I remember when uh, my oldest was born, like there was all this stuff everywhere about how important it was and how lucky people who could give birth and keep their babies were for being able to have extra of this hormone. Too much results in instead of like more relationship skills and, and desires results in sort of an us versus them tribal mentality. And so I'm wondering about like, when you talk about a patriotism that's exclusive versus a patriotism that is inclusive, like when we're, when we're doing it based on fear, that exclusiveness, that it becomes rigid and hurtful. But it wasn't a fear-based patriotism. 
I, I don't know how to describe it. It's that whole thing about shut up, get on this ship, <laughs> right? And, and and stop making noise because this is the best country in the world. So I, we don't yeah. want to hear it from you, right? Yeah, if that you definitely is rigid. Else, they don't even like gay. You'd be dead somewhere else. Uh, yes. Gay. So stop asking about being in the military. And you black people, you think you have it bad. Well, go somewhere else. Find your own fucking country. This is the yeah. USA. Get on or shut up. Right? That's not who we are. That's who some people think we are. Yeah. We're talking about the same damn place, right? Maybe it's because the idea of the United States is more, we're not there. Don't know if we're ever going to get there, but this is the vision. It's the vision of who we're going to become, right? Mm -hmm. The fight is for what is that vision? My vision is that we are this multicultural melting pot that embraces all religions, all cultures, all subcultures, mm -hmm. right? And we embrace them and say, we want to know more about it, right? Curiosity. Uh, right? That's who yeah. we are, right? We're better because of our differences. And then there's this other thing where it's America. There's the other one that's America. Yeah. We kick ass. And if you don't succeed in it, it's your fault. It's your fault. Yeah. Right? Because anyone who tries hard can succeed. Yeah. But it'll be 200 years and we're still trying, we, we should still be trying to get better at that, right? Yeah. Well, but I, any pace. of these, well, I'm just saying any of those images are idealistic, right? Mm -hmm. So the question always is who's driving the ship to get there? And are, are we going two steps forward and then three steps back? And Reagan years were really bad for people of color and yeah. But there's there's this other group that thinks the Reagan years were amazing. Amazing. You ask yeah. most white people, even Democrats will pretend like those were amazing years and that he was a great president. Right. Right. No matter how many people died of AIDS. AIDS. Yeah. You remember all that? Yeah. Mostly because of Mr. Mann. Who? My English teacher. I think he died before you would have had him. Oh my gosh. We had a teacher that died of AIDS? Yeah, you didn't know that? No. Yeah. He was my favorite. That is so sad. He left my junior year. So when you got into school, he had left. He had gone to Mexico because he had a sickness that was unnamed, but... He thought there was a alternative medicine cure in Mexico. Jesus Christ. And um and I would I wrote him letters and he wrote me back. Like Are he you was kidding. No. <laughs> do, do you remember Kevin Butler? Okay. Red um, red hair? Red hair was the choir director <laughs> for Sounds of South. Yes, I, I was able to pull up a picture. Because, <laughs> He's you know not the kicker for the Bears. You know why? Because he did the choreography for our marching band your senior year. He <laughs> came to camp 
and did the choreography. Remember that song? I do. Zoom golly, 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 zoom golly. Remember he had yeah. us sing this? Do you yeah. remember that little guy? Yeah, he was a little guy. He was a little guy. <laughs> he came out as gay. They fired him. He goes to Hike and he takes their program. I think it's Pike. He takes their program to other heights or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I could be wrong. It could be, I forget. But one of his students decides to write a screenplay about his experiences with show choir. Glee. What? <laughs> yes. It's a small, small world. Yeah. And but I and that they fired him is because that's, that's the point I'm making that they fought. The only reason they fired him is because he was gay. This is this is Bloomington, Indiana, 1988, 87. Like the story was when I got to high school and he, he taught freshman honors English. He he could have played the gay uncle in a Disney movie. Like he was very snappily dressed. Okay. And and called snappily dressed. Yeah. So, I mean, he he had a look about him. And the story was that parents complained and he marched right down to the principal's office and said, yeah, so what? Only more eloquently, because he had a lot of rules about not saying yeah. And they were so like intimidated by the forcefulness that they let him be. And I have no idea if that story is true or like a romanticized thing or if he had stayed longer would he have been fired or but he'd been there quite a while i don't know but i would imagine that the panic over hiv increased between the year that he left and the year that that person was fired so yeah because my friend it would have been my freshman year your senior year when kevin butler was our choreographer for marching band but anyway i thought he was brilliant so i never got to be in choir with him but i was just explaining how things were so different yeah back then right all right do we have a bottom line do we ever <laughs> I, I like to try to bring it together. i know but basically it's just us it's just us talking because we haven't seen each other in uh, uh, you know in a week yeah. and we 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 uh we touch base and then kevin's able to use his magic to make it into a show <laughs> be like welcome to my racist friend where don and amy shoot the shit just shoot the shit that's exactly what we do and I think we needed a little, you know, it, it's been heavy, Amy. So I think it has. We, we needed yeah. a little bit of a, when we started this, a lot of things that we were talking about were almost theories. We're like, hey, the shit's going to really get bad if it doesn't get better. <laughs> and it got bad. And then the shit yeah. actually happened. <laughs> and then we're like, well, yeah. damn. <laughs> what do we do with this? Right. It was, it was, it's, it's been heavy, man. And, and I think it's still going to be, it's going to be, there's going to be some more heavy lifting. Did you hear today that they've walked in and there is no distribution? There's of what? no fucking, uh, uh, plan for distribution of the vac- vaccine. Not at all. Do you know what? how reckless, do you understand how many 
thousands, hundreds of thousands of people are probably going to die due to that fact that they don't have a vaccine. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. What we first started talking about is we can't be like kumbaya, let's all meet together. Like, no, there's got to be a reckoning. Like we, we, you know, th this idea of saying, okay, everything, let's, let's try to have unity and all this other stuff. Like, no, dude, we're not doing that anymore. You can be a good person, but sometimes being nice is too much. I'm saying you have to, you have to be able to show teeth and say, you have to, it's that whole mama bear thing. Like you have yeah. to have yeah. that. You can be a mother, oh. but Dagnabbit, know that that mom is going to fight tooth and nails if yeah. someone tries to hurt her kids. Okay, this was fun. It was fun. The bottom line is that it's a good day to blow off some steam. <laughs> right? I mean, and I, I think that's I, okay. Yeah, and I think all our people, all our people are going to do, they probably need, we need some time to reflect and take a deep breath because yeah. the heavy lifting starts now. Now we've got to put all this back together. And that, that is a lot of heavy lifting. Okay, have fun. All right, I'll talk to you next week. This episode of My Racist Friend is a production of the Bloomington Center for Connection, an organization using relational cultural theory to promote social change through connection. This conversation between Don Griffin Jr. and Amy McKee, LCSW, took place in separate locations in Indiana on Thursday, January 21st, 2021 and was edited for this podcast by Kevin McKees. Theme music lovingly sampled from Your Racist Friend by They Might Be Giants. Follow the Bloomington Center for Connection on Facebook and other social media platforms. You and your racist friend. Yeah, that's funny. They both went to uh, Penn together, uh, Penn at the same time, or Pence, or whatever. The, I don't know. A school that starts with P? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Penn, Penn State, or Penn, or Pittsburgh. I don't know, I don't, I don't remember. But anyway, she Pensacola. Uh, uh no, it's Paris, it's Pittsburgh. It's okay. <laughs> Not for you. <laughs> <laughs>